Warning, ProTri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again. Hello, welcome back to another episode of ProTri News. I'm your host, Kyle Glass, joined by my favorite people. We're all a little tired from watching all the races this weekend. Talbot, how'd you feel about the live stream? The live stream went great. You know, it's funny you say that because I was, we did the live stream and of course we were very, I don't want to say uh, rusty, but we were, you could tell that we were virgins at it. Brand new. It was a, a little hard. And I was like, I am never going to give crap to a commentator ever again. And then the very next morning, I watched the Iron Man live stream and I was like, oh my God, they are so bad. And the reason I say that is at least we said stuff that was factual. We might have been like not used to doing a live stream and very shaky and nervous and all that. But at least we didn't just make up complete random nonsense and speak out our freaking ass. I don't know. I was just like, um, what, what are these people even talking? That's so not even true. Like they just make up stuff like about Lionel and Sam. And I'm like, that's so not true. It's not like we were watching the live stream with Christian and being like, yeah, Christian, uh, and just make up something. So sorry for my long rant, but it was, it was hard. It was fun, but yeah, it was, it was a big weekend of racing. Yeah, definitely. And the person that did the most work going into it, Chelsea Burns with the phenomenal notes, phenomenal facts about everyone. Chelsea, was that the highlight of your weekend? Probably. It took over my weekend. I was destroyed the next day, but Talbot mentioned that we didn't spew non-factual information. And I, just want to take the credit for keeping you guys in check on that. Uh, but yeah, no, in all seriousness, it was really fun, but it was far harder than I expected. And I definitely gained a lot of respect for commentators and just, I don't know, the focus and mental energy that chatting for five hours took out at midnight for us was, it was, it was a cool experience. Yeah. And the challenge of being in different locations, like the latency issue and stuff, like we did our best to not talk over each other and not sound like podcasters, but there's probably times that we still sound like podcasters. And our favorite person's back, Mark Matthews. Hey, team. Um, yes, sorry, a little bit of an absence. Um, we've been traveling a lot, um, weddings in between, and the house is um, uh, under work at the moment. And I've got a bit of an echo. It's because I'm sat in a completely empty garage. Uh, it's like a shell. It's like designed to create an echo. So bear with me. That's all right. We're just happy you're back. Did you enjoy your eight weeks in the U.S. and then your trip to Ibiza? Did you party hard in Ibiza? No, I mean, yeah, but not well. I went too hard. I did too much afternoon drinking, and then I was too drunk, made a bit of a twat of myself. Excuse me, that's not the right word, but whatever. Uh, and then Kat had to put me and her coach Bjorn to bed at like 11 because we we just overdid it, basically. I heard that there was a, an extremely expensive bar tab and a two-time gold medalist picked it up. Is that true? It's more of an assumption because I definitely didn't pay for it uh, and no one else at that table could have afforded to pay for it. So I assume Alistair reached his hands into his very northern pockets and then amongst the lint and whatever else he keeps in his wallet, turns out there's a, a very full credit card, or there must be, because... Yeah, um, I don't think, I don't think, yeah, 
he's the only one that could have paid for that bill. And that makes sense of why you and him are such boys and how much you support him and believe in him. <laughs> that just shows how cheap I am. Uh, I do have an apology to make from that night, mainly because of my attitude. But it turns out Lucy Birham is not Lucy Birham, as I've been bigging her up for ages. It's Lucy Byram. And they, they sort of pointed this out to me when I was about 24 pints deep. And rather than be like, oh, yeah, so sorry about that. We'll correct on the next show. I think I was more like, I couldn't give a fuck. Um, so now I've sobered up, <laughs> I can give those Fs, and I do, and I apologize for having got her name wrong multiple times. It's Lucy Byram. So even, Mark, the most, I would say, cultured person on our podcast even gets name pronunciations wrong, like Talbot and myself. All the time, it turns out. All the time. Chelsea Chelsea also, Wait. Chelsea's pretty good with names. I will. Sorry, Mark is the most cultured person on the podcast. 100%. I'm not, we're not debating that. Those two are from Oklahoma. I know. That's that. It's definitely Chelsea. not them, but all right. You're right, Pat's, you're right, Pat's quite cultured, Chelsea. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get all on right. to the racing that happened this weekend. Uh, let's start off with 70.3 Gulf Coast. Uh, Sam Long, after starting the year with two meh results, came away with a victory this weekend after back-to-back racing. Do we think Sam Long is back? Uh, Sam Long thinks Sam Long's back. Sam Long, in his own words, rode a blazing bike split. Uh, He had a lot to say about his own performance, which is nice to see confident Sam Long back, but it does seem like his uh, emotional security is very much tied to his results. Uh, that's just my thought. It's, I don't want to knock it. It, it was a very good North American win. Uh, I think that watching the uh, sport evolve, the North American, uh, I, I think we could both say that the ele- elevated performances of Europe is pretty insane. So good win for Sim, Sam in North America. I think that if there were some bigger names there, it, it would have been a little bit harder. But um, other than that, Sam Malong is back from his performance in Miami and his Oceanside performance. He's back to his normal ways, you could say. Yeah, we'll get ready for some championship good. racing. He was super good. Like he's, He was just back to being Sam Long. He's, he's super, super good. I, you know, Can he ride up to that front pack that we saw in PTO race? Is he Ditlev? I, I don't know. I haven't seen that yet, but let's find out. Uh, you also had Nick Quinette from South Africa. Um, came out of the water miles ahead of everyone else. Uh, he was led... Claims that he was led off course by a moto in the second place bike. Um, this is kind of a double-edged sword of like knowing the course, but also like those people are supposed to be behind the athletes, right? That was the new rule is that they were supposed to be behind the athletes. The athlete was supposed to be leading, knowing where they're supposed to be going. Um, I think the disqualification is still up for protest, but uh, again, he had a phenomenal race, uh, finished third, but was then disqualified or disqualified during the race and just, decided to bang it out and finish the race. Anything? Uh, kudos for finishing. I think the led astray by a moto can be quite hard because sometimes the motos will want to run off the course, like smoothly get out of the way so they can pause, rejoin the course of a different athlete, whether it's a referee or a moto camera or whatever. 
So they do have to be able to do that, and athletes need to know. But they need to do it at points where it's really obvious, like they're going to slip behind a barrier and the athlete's got arrows pointing the other way. If they just pick a side road that's not blocked, choose that to turn into and you follow them, I could see how that happens quite easily. Yeah, I would agree. It's, Of course, you can always just assume and say it's the athlete's responsibility, but I think that... You know, if Trevor ever uh, lead moto led Trevor off the course when he was second, Kyle would probably throw a, a hissy fit. Same with Kat, with uh, Mark, and myself with Lionel. So it is hard to say, but it is at the end of the day, it is the athlete's responsibility, and it's it's there's just tough scenarios like this. But also, too, this is Nick's second long distance race. Did pretty good in short course racing. Um, he swims with the likes of Henry Schumann, so that's why you saw that four minute deficit, which is god-awful to someone like Sam and Lionel. I mean, if you're going to show up to race in the U.S. Open, you don't want to be at a smaller-tier race, losing four minutes. But uh, Sorry, I didn't watch the stream. I only saw the results, and obviously he was pulled. He dropped Lionel and Sam by four minutes. Out of the water. <sighs> okay. So, Puts a bit of perspective into the quality of the win there, doesn't it? Because, like... Nick Quinnett is not dropping Alistair Brownlee or Jan or Max Newman, probably. So you're talking about those boys having to overcome four minutes. Nah, no way. Yeah, tough one. And then Lionel Sanders was able to take his first podium since his win at Montremont last summer. Uh, Lionel Sanders, I believe, is racing 70.3 Boulder. Do we think he'll take the top step there? Um... We chatted about no. it in our earlier. <laughs> Chelsea says yes, no. Uh, we chatted about it in our earlier podcast. I think the uh, adapting to a new baby and sleep schedule is a pretty big thing, and I think that all relies on Lionel Sanders and the sleep schedule of how they are going to do that. Because I think recovery is key. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, also, hats off to Jackson Laundry. Three third places this year. Third place at uh, Oceanside, third place at St. George, and third place here. So definitely gets the award for being most consistent. 100%. He's just a very, very good athlete uh, that, that is a consistently good athlete. Charles, I missed the Boulder chat. Who is going to win Boulder if you're so sure Lionel's not? I have no idea who's even in this race. But oh, sorry. I think we can still make the same assumption now. Uh, Tim O'Donnell. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll do. Tim, and, any name, like it. And Taylor Nib. Taylor Nib, my race. I think she has to get approval. Remember that one time we chatted about it on the podcast? She had to get approval from USA Triathlon. So, if they'll approve her, that'd be pretty cool. When is this race? June tenth, my birthday. Oh, okay. We're a little far out to be chatting. Yeah, okay, yeah. That, yeah. And it's not even a very big race, but okay, cool. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna tip my hat to my boy Trevor Foley to capped off his fourth race in six weeks. Uh, 370.3s in an Ironman. So hats off to Trevor for that. Uh, I don't know how many athletes have or choose to race that All right, let's much, move on but... to the next race. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge Frejas. Bart Arno's first victory since 2021. Sebastian Keenley had a five-minute penalty and saw him go just off the podium. Do we know what the penalty was for? Has he said yet? Has anyone been able to reach out and see? No? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I was, there'll be some irony if he got a drafting penalty. 
I kind of love Keenley to get a drafting penalty just because he's the most anti-drafting vocal person for like the last 15 years. But it's maybe, probably bullshit if he did. Maybe he was set up. He, he could have been I've set got, up. We've got no idea. got no idea. He's a super honest athlete. I'd be amazed if it was anything intentional. And Magna Newt got her first win of her career. So hats off for her on that great performance. The marquee race of the weekend, though, WTCS Yokohama. Chelsea, have you had a chance to re-watch the race, or did, are you just, like, so mentally – you have such a good memory, you just remember exactly everything that happened? I have not yet rewatched. I still am detoxing from – I feel like I had a little bit of a, a triathlon hangover. I think we all did. Um, I, no, I think it will be good to rewatch and see – listen to ourselves and kind of see – how we could do better if we got the chance to do it again. But yeah, for those who didn't watch our uh, show. Alternative live stream. Alternative live stream. No, it was a a really good race. Um, I think the thing that was pretty insane was the weather, especially in the women's race. They had literal monsoon conditions. Um, I got a chance to talk to some of the athletes after, and they said it was kind of the most hard hail-esque uh, rain that they were feeling on the bike and like you can't really put yourself in the situation of knowing what that's like it's it's a combination of not being able to see you're getting water in your eyes you're getting debris in your eyes you're getting it in your mouth you're it's just like everything is just going on around you with that rain so uh sophie caldwell took first win of her career was really cool to see um has been pretty consistent hitting a lot of podiums but this was yeah, a pretty good race for her. And it was actually too bad the video cut out for everyone, including us, for kind of that final five to ten minutes. Um, so we were robbed of the opportunity of seeing her ultimately cross the finish line, which was too bad. But I think they did get that video back and were able to repost it. Um, also on the podium was a surprise. Do we have her four names ready? Rosa Maria Tapia Vidal. Great name. Awesome name. And apologies to her for not being super familiar with both her name and too many facts about her. This was her first World Series podium, first World Series top 10, an athlete we just yet haven't seen too much of, but she sat on the back of the bike, got a pretty free ride to the run, and yeah, ran pretty well. And third was our beloved Taylor Nib, who rode a bit erratically she launched what we called a cannonball attack at one point didn't stick i happen to think that if the roads were dry she may have been more successful in an attack um but yeah after a pretty bad injury and surgery this winter she still came off the bike with everyone and ran for a podium so very impressive for her i think when she gets a bit more running in her legs as we go through the season it will be Good to watch. Yes, Mark. Charles, can I ask, why do you think, because in cycling, um, wet roads, dangerous roads tend to help the breakaway because you're just picking your own line and you can hurl through corners as, as you want. Why for Taylor do you not think it was that way around? I think just her history. She has yet to have a really impressive ride in the rain. Um, maybe someone can correct me, but she was able to launch a pretty impressive attack breakaway two years ago in Yokohama. Um, but yeah, she doesn't corner super well in these courses. And I think that in the wet, that's magnified. Um, 
yeah, we saw her launch one attack. She got a little bit of space, but they kind of wrote her down pretty quickly into a corner. And I mean, these girls are very strong. Whether she would have been able to launch a breakaway that stuck, I'm not sure. Um, like she had Sophie, Taylor Spivey, this just chasing her down. And these girls ride very well. Um, so who knows? But Taylor has never been great in the rain. So cool. that was a yeah. long answer. And, and to add on to that, Mark, on on the race, she Taylor we know is not the best at cornering, um, and so she was even more aware of the uh, rain and the corners. So when she launched her attack, it was kind of on a straightaway, tried to get away, but then she was extra cautious going into the corners, and so the group was able to kind of ride right back onto her. So and Kingma, another very well known cyclist in WTCS, is the one that was leading the charge into all those corners and taking the lines for the girls and all that. I've seen, I've noticed her riding before. She rides like a road rider, doesn't she? She's super, yeah. super strong on that. Um, so I think that if there was less U turns and corners, I think that she would have got away, even in the rain. Fair. Uh, just to be clear, is um, Sophie Coldwell the one that Pat said can't run well? That's Is that Sophie Coldwell that Pat Lemieux said? you know, hasn't got a front pack, run off the front, run performance in it. I think that's the one, isn't it? Yeah. Might be the same Sophie Caldwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just to be clear. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she, we had two British actually in the top five. Kate Woff had a pretty breakthrough performance. She was fifth. And Georgia Taylor-Brown for the second race of the year missed that fretsome group. Um, she ran well, but another kind of surprisingly disappointing, I guess, result for her. We, so She's, I think, someone... Most of us would have expected to be on the podium there. So slow start to the year for her as the third British athlete in Yokohama. Yeah, Kate Wall's been up and coming. Did she win the European under 23 or European champs recently, something like that? Uh, yeah, she's actually a World U23 champion. Cool, thank you. Great cyclist. Yeah, Watch her. It seems that uh, Great Britain has some great triathletes and a great program. Yep. I mean that come. I mean, like we've we've been in the sport early. Like we were always one of the you know hopefuls for the early Olympics, but it definitely was kicked on by the Brownleys. Like they became household names. So I think the pool of talents picked for versus our national size. And there's a couple of places you can go to be really well supported. You don't have to move to just one centre. So yeah. Also, the British are very known for training in house. There's not a lot of them going to train with international squads. So Kate Woff is actually one of the few. This is her first year training outside of a, a British program, but pretty much everyone else would train in either Leeds or Loughborough, one of those well-supported uh, British triathlon bases. Deal. All right, let's hit the men's, and then let's do a race commentary debrief. Um, the men's race, basically all, there was like 40 guys that came off the bike together and then Hayden, Hayden Wild ran away with it. Um, but the fastest run of the day went to Vasco Velaka, who had a massive cramp, um, coming out of T2, stretched it out and then blazed through the field, but lost actually in a uh, sprint finish with Matthew Hauser. For the second time. For the second time. Informed us. Yeah. So same thing happened at, um junior world championship in rotterdam a few years back so interesting but hayden was just master class better it's yeah. what we thought we might when we saw new zealand and he looked that good there and we were all a bit like oh is it just a new zealand race 
that showed that run in New Zealand was as good as it appeared to be because he was just a different league. And he properly backed off as well towards the end of that run. Like that gap could have been another 15 seconds easy. He was on for like a 28.50 flat, wasn't he? And then he chilled for a little bit. After riding, I would say, over half of that race at the front too, drilling what looked to be quite hard. So his, uh, I think, swim improvement too has been pretty impressive to me. And I assume, was it? Yeah, everyone kind of in the in the field that you're not really shelling him in the water anymore. So people he lost gonna... no time in the second lap at all. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. No, he's definitely very daunting as an athlete right now. For I'd say pretty every man, man in that race. So we did see, uh, yeah, it was a big group on the bike. It looked very hard, though. They were they were very strung out, again, dealing with pretty torrential rain. Uh, Christian Blumenfeld was pretty far back out of the water and rode quite hard, caught them, I don't know, midway through the bike at some point, and spent some time on the front with Hayden as well. But it was kind of just those two on the bike. But didn't quite have the run to back it up. Maybe a bit tired after Ibiza. How are we impressed with Christian's performance? Say we'll go eighth place here. I think he had the fastest bike split as well. It was solid. I think that was kind of about what I expected from him. Um, if he would have ran with the likes of Hayden off that ride and off his last week, I think that would have been a bit alarming. So no, really solid for him. And you mentioned in the commentary about six times that was it you? He's going to be really good in three weeks. In three weeks. He told me we shall see. Unfortunately, um, Cagliari is only two weeks away, so (laughs) he'll be ready after that. By alarming, do we mean suspicious? I didn't say that. I don't want to say that. But But it would have just just getting to the point where it's impossible, right? Like you can't keep expecting these things from a human being, and he's showing to be a human being. Yeah, of course. I think he is a pretty superhuman being, but I don't think he is superhuman. So I think it's important to see him get eighth. I yeah. really agree. Yeah, he did uh, a long course block. So he said, if he did three more weeks, he can do a short course block, and he'll be unstoppable in three weeks. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's enough on them. I we may have over discussed the Norwegians on the commentary a little bit, but yeah, really impressive sprint finish from Hauser and Vasco. Those two guys are kind of up and coming, and definitely, I think, bringing that new era into short course and yeah so. Aiden Wild wins Paris that's what I'm going with yes I would probably agree Alex Yi was missing from this race Mark He's yeah gonna... I'm, I'm a massive Alex Yi fan he lives around the corner here um, but I think Hayden Wild has even more to come. You know, that swim seems to be continuously improving. You could realistically see him actually on the back of that group, which means he's just then launching bombs off the front of the bike from the start, making it incredibly hard for those around him. If he does get a domestique in there that can launch bombs as well, which would be a super helpful for him. Uh, yeah, he's my, he's my early favorite. Speaking of domestiques, it's funny you say that. First off, we can't talk too bad about Christian because he is a very common listener to the show, Mark, and we don't want to scare him away because we do have like a couple gold medalists listen to our show. We know Alistair's not one of them, but Flora and Christian are, so we don't want to be too mean to him. Flora already but, hates me, so I may as well just double down with Christian. And yeah, you know, <laughs> I like Christian. We always try. Speaking of domestics, uh, after the Ibiza race, I did say on here that Kyle Smith was clearly 
being a domestique for Jan. But Kyle did reach out to us and said he it was a good laugh hearing that because he definitely was not a domestique for Jan and knew that they were kicking Jan off the back of that group and he was drilling at the front because he knew he needed time on Christian and Jan to beat them. So. Pretty yeah, fair. I think once that gap went and he was in that front group, it was pretty clear Carl Smith wasn't a domestique. Yeah. I was worried for Carl Smith's future in the sport if he pissed off Jan too much. I thought we and might sponsors see. maybe like Ryzen and yeah. Canyon. No, nothing like that. I'm sure you're fickle. I'm sure Kyle Smith will agree. It would be incredible for New Zealand to make him a domestique for someone like the likes of Hayden Wild. So. That will be interesting to see how that develops over the next couple of weeks. Guys, let's chat about... Oh, Chelsea. Can I mention one more race that happened this weekend? Because we do talk about this a lot on this podcast and because it's personal to one of our hosts who's not here with us today. Uh, we, yeah, we saw the two Americans returning from pregnancy that are hunting to kind of get in that top five of the U.S. women so that they might get a start in the Paris test event, which would really help their chances of making an Olympic team. So Gwen actually traveled to Yokohama this weekend, was on the wait list, and didn't ultimately get a start. Um, Katie Zaferez, who was also in that position about a week out, made the decision to travel to Punta Cana, which was a Conti Conti Cup, which we don't usually talk about. We've talked about a few of these Conti Cups this year just because we have had Olympic medalists dabbling in them. And I think that just they're worth noting. So she won her race there, did secure her 200 and something points. And I think they're both in Cagliari now, um, still on the wait list for both of them, but both hoping to get a start in two weeks for that next world series. So just different decisions they made and uh, one a bit riskier, one safer, but yeah, only 200 points available at a Conti cup versus the 1000 that were available in Yokohama that yeah, she Gwen rolled the dice by going there, hoping to get a start. Didn't really pretty disappointing, but yeah, just mentioned that Katie did win her Conti Cup this weekend. And, and in it a would solo, have been... sorry, solo breakaway again, like she did in Missouri. Yeah, and and it would have been very interesting to see with Katie and Gwen's run. I don't want to say bad, but both pretty solid and i would assuming they would have katie would have probably been in that front pack with gwen in the big group behind could you assume chelsea yeah i mean we have we have no idea it was kind of a wild race conditions wise you saw that the rain throws things off for people too uh summer rapaport who swims well and had a great race hanging on the group in abu dhabi was dropped from that main group in yokohama but i think historically what we've seen from katie she would have likely been in that front group um no idea how she would have ran off of that and yeah i don't think we've seen gwen race enough to know but i think my gut tells me it would have been pretty tough ask for her to be in that main group um and yeah how she would have run off that we'll never know but i'm really hoping they both get a start in kegliari because i think yeah that'll just be really fun to see it's a exciting hunt heading into that test event so the more yeah just power we have from the U.S. I think makes it all the more competitive. So let's let's do a quick debrief on the race. We chatted about it earlier on the intro. It was tough. We were both a bit rusty to start to female race. We were both well. It's kind of funny. We all kind of got not. I don't want to say thrown into this. We were very excited about it. But so we, I saw a few comments that were like, "Oh, thank the Lord, Chelsea was on there so she could keep the boys educated." And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, I sent that comment five times. I'm glad you read it eventually." 
<laughs> I mean, look, listen here. We, the reason why Chelsea's on the show is because she has so much knowledge of short course. I don't claim to know anything about short course other than two athletes on the start line, and that's Christian and Gustav. So I want to it hard. I, I, I would, I would be more than happy to do a long course all race all day long, but hopefully like we, we tested to earlier, we did speak factual information instead of misidentifying athletes or calling them making up incorrect stuff. I want to tip my hat to you guys though. I think about a week out, I was begging Talbot to even give it a chance and come on. He was telling me he's going to go to Panama city and sit on the beach with Lionel. And I was like, no, 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 we, we need you. I know you don't know anything, but you're entertaining enough that I think you'll bring some value. And then the day of the race, I think Talbot spent his entire day on the computer. I think I had about six FaceTime calls with you um, getting the intro ready. He was very invested and he put a lot of work into this. So I was very, very proud of you guys for, Yes, yeah, stepping up despite not knowing all the facts. And yeah, I think I, I mean, we much, learned a lot. Yeah, much as I want to take the mickey, like, let's be honest, Chelsea, you are the only real short course specialist on the show. Like, we've talked about doing a side stream, but we've always aspirationally wanted to do it for an Ironman or a middle distance event where it doesn't require the quite the same constant commentary that the short course race does. It more requires, I don't know if you watch baseball or or we have cricket, whatever, where it's a more slow-paced thing and you have to talk around the topic and make conversation to make it entertaining. That's always what we've aspired to do. So to these to these boys to then jump in and do the short course where it is actually, it's more like commentating a continuous sporting event like a soccer match. It's so much harder and it's definitely a learned skill set. So just fair play putting yourselves out there because it's daunting, right? We knew we were going to get slammed for it. Yeah. That's why to- I booked a wedding and avoided it. <laughs> <laughs> and and we're really grateful to uh, Flora and Matt Sharp for coming, yeah, having come on too. They they were awesome, and I kind of forced both of them into it. I especially had Matt arrive at the house here at 10 p.m. and we finished at midnight, and we just looked like <laughs> it was really tired. So yeah, that was that was really awesome of them. They added a lot, and I was. And really I think Carl made one of the points: the, the dislocation of you guys, like. For the Ironman, Greg Welch flies to Boulder to do it there in the studio, so they're all together. I think if we ever did it again for a big event, like we would have to make the effort to do it in person and have a little team together, or at least maybe only two separate locations, whatever it is, because it's, it's so hard to do like over this platform. Okay, Mark, we'll fly to London. God. You're welcome. I'll finish this garage and I'll put a cam cot in here for you, Carl. You can stay, mate. <laughs> the the thing is, too, uh, like two mess ups we had was right here, like when we're recording this podcast, we get to visually see each other. And over the over the past, we've kind of talked over each other. And now we kind of have this thing where we kind of like we put our hand in the air, like as if we're going to talk next. And while we are doing the live show, it was like our audio was off by like two seconds. And then also you couldn't see each other. So like I would start talking and then all of a sudden in my feedback flow, I would hear Flora talking too. And then we'd both stop. So that was like the over talking thing. And another thing we messed up on was Maria Vidal, Rosa Maria Tapea Vidal. We kept saying the Mexican athlete. And it was like, it's probably wrong of you. It's not like that when Lionel's winning a race, I'm like the Canadian athletes doing great. Like out of respect, we should have like, once we heard her name, so just because we didn't know it, we should have continued to read it. But I think I, you, you learn. Yeah, I, that was the one comment I almost bit on. The accusation of racism was a comment we got because we yeah. were, you were paying no attention to the South American athletes in the race. Like, 
you didn't pay attention to the others in the race because they don't feature. And she came out of nowhere. I, uh, you live and you learn, right? But th- yeah, 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 whatever. So, so hopefully we're gonna we're gonna update, um, get some better mics that are like right here in our face, get a better mixer, and then we're gonna try to figure out a way where we can see each other so we eliminate the uh, talking over. But other than that, I would say that the that the men's race went a little bit better than the female race. Yeah, I'd agree. I would agree with that. Um, I thought that you guys did an amazing job. I'm just here because I like triathlon and I like watching triathlons and talking about it. So I'm just glad we were able to do that live. Yeah, for sure. And now someone's mowing the lawn in the background of mine. So it's just just going from strength to strength. The the birds were great for the start. So it's all good. All right. Let's roll on to upcoming races this weekend. Oh, wait. Actually, I'm going to stop one more time. And just to fill everyone that did tune in, our goal is to not be the commentary of the race. If you want to watch the commentary, you go listen to the commentators, Trevor and Helen. Ours is more of like you're sitting in a room and you're watching the race with other people and we're joking around. All that. We're not trying to like overshadow them and take their jobs. Ours is more like an alternative, sit back, relax, joke around with us. We're watching the race together and this is like what we would talk about. And we're asking each other questions, hence the, the 10 times that I asked Chelsea why uh, Taylor had the a higher bib number and things like that. So we're not trying to take the commentary job. We're just trying to provide an alternative stream some people sitting around on a couch watching the race. So, yeah. Which is actually huge in other sports, right? People watch, people do soccer. So they watch a guy watch a soccer game and he gives coverage. They just happen to be more entertaining than us. And we need to be more entertaining. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's exactly. Perfect. Uh, Before we get started, we want everyone to know that our show is brought to you by Waterfall Bank. Be sure to visit waterfallbank.com and put your money in a triathlon friendly bank you'll see ben training throughout boulder uh this season so if you see him out and about tell him thank you and tell him that you're starting to use waterfall bank you can also join the waterfall racing team uh visit waterfallracing.com it's 75 dollars to join and it has so many benefits you get to train with the pros hang out and do workouts with the pros the week leading up to to races um they do a really great job of like also doing like meetups of Hey, let's go to breakfast the day after 70.3 Boulder or things like that. So really awesome um, company and really awesome that they're putting all this effort into, um, into triathlon. So coming up this weekend, we have Ironman Lanzarote, 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 Sam Laidlow and Cam Wirth head to head. Now, I like we're calling that a head to head. It shouldn't be, right? It, I mean, it should be Laidlow wins this by absolutely miles, yeah. given like the hype around him. Um, so, he, I mean, if, if even if Laidlow doesn't have the fastest bike split, it's a nightmare for him, I would say. I would assume that this is just Cam Worth trying to punch a ticket to Nice. Nothing more than that. Probably not even going for the win. Well... I imagine he's always trying to go for the win, obviously, but yeah, the women's yeah. race. I don't really know much of these names besides Lydia Dant, who we've mentioned on the podcast multiple times. Mark, do you have any, give any thoughts on the women's race? Well, Lydia Dant won her last year, though she's not been particularly hot this season. She's, she's had a few fairly average results, but then against that field, 
Um, she should win by quite a long way. Like Alexander Tonda, Tonda um, can run, but it's not. It, it, it's the weakest Ironman field we've seen this year by a long way, and that's including Australia, which our good friend Jack absolutely savaged. But that was still a, a, a much stronger field than this. So I don't know. Lily yeah. Dan wins, but let's let's see how that goes. Yeah, the men's. Cool. Sam already has a Kona slot, right? Sam Laidlow? Because yeah, if yeah. you're on the podium in Kona, right, you get one year for free. And what's amazing is he doesn't even have to um, validate anymore. So well, the biggest question for me is why is Sam Laidlow doing Ironman Lanzarote? Like, there's no money in it by his standards. He could be doing a different race, a much bigger race. He could have done the PTO race. And he does he need to do another Ironman before Nice? Like, he... You know, he probably he's probably worked this out. I'd just love to know the reason. Like, is it because it's a hilly course and he wants to practice riding a hilly course in an Ironman before Nice? Possibly, but otherwise, I don't really get it. Uh, Challenge Grand Canary was Sam Lido's first ever win as a professional triathlete. A lot of people usually don't know that. Um, um, as a, a, a seven point three. I guess as a pro, yeah, maybe he wasn't pro. As a pro athlete, I, I could be corrected. I'll, we'll, I'll fact check it right after this. But, I mean, could you imagine Sam Laidlow, if Gustav wasn't in the race, winning the Ironman World Championship? French professional athlete, first ever professional win, wins Ironman World Championship. It would be a headline that would make people's eyes, yeah, bleed a little bit. But... Yeah, that's what he did though, right? I would so. assume confidence, make sure the plan's going well, and then also I would assume has a lot of sponsor big bonuses now for an Ironman win. Take some yeah, cash home. Yeah, 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 good point. Like he certainly has bonuses that make it financially worth doing, for sure. Yeah, and he's proven he's pretty good, so this will this will be a good little hit out for him. I'm really intrigued to see how he runs because it's not a particularly slow, it's a horribly slow bike course, like horribly slow, but it's not really a slow run course. So we'll get a good indication of how well he's running there. As long as he's challenged somewhat by somebody and who that could be, I don't really know. Like Will Menson or Kenneth Vandendreis? Yeah, but I just think he destroys them on the bike. Like he, he should drop both those guys. They're both good athletes because one of like um, Vandendreis is a good runner. Um, Will Menson is a good swimmer and then hangs on a pack. But on the bike in Lanzarote, there's so many big climbs. He should just spit them to the wind and be riding solo. Is what Hassan would hope to do. Yeah, and and just to fact check what I said a second ago, he did win in 2021 the trade in full international triathlon, if you remember, and that was a head to head with Cam Worth, and that's where he did walk away with that victory. So, I I mean, it's a professional race. There's professional athletes at it. I don't think very stacked field, but you get you get what I mean. Like this one. Yeah. Cool. That's Another, that I mean. That's it. Pretty easy. 70.3 pay DA. You got head to head between Emma Pallant Brown and Tamara Jewett. You also have Emily Morier, uh, Nina Duran, and Alexia Bailey on the women's side. On the men's side, Brad Weiss and Mount Troutman from South Africa, Dennis Chevreau and Arnold Gilo from France, and Greg Barnaby uh, from Italy, who that's someone that he had a pretty stellar year last year. He had uh, six podiums at 
like nine races. So definitely a name that you want to watch for um, coming up for this one. What do you guys think as far as the women's race? Yeah, I'm not that interested in the men's race. There's nothing. I mean, there's no one there that's particularly exciting. The women's race, as soon as you have Tamara Jewett in a race now, it becomes a top-tier race, you know, in terms of top-tier athletes. Tamara Jewett, Emma Pallant-Brown is a good race because Tamara's a better swimmer than her now, which is surprising. And But Emma's definitely a stronger rider, you would think. And, and Tamara won't have people to ride with. But I see, I just see Emma riding up to Tamara, Tamara staying with her, and Tamara outrunning her. But Emma's running incredibly well. She showed that at the PTA race. That's a good, it's a good two horse race, I would say. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to take Tamara, but it'll be close. I'm going to go Dark Horse, Emily Morier beats them both. Yeah. yeah I, I, know where you, I know where you're going, but she can't outrun them. I know you think because of her background, but like Tamara Jewett outruns her still, I reckon. Okay, I'm just making a dark horse pick. I like I'm trying it. to get involved, guys. No, no, it's, it's a good dark horse pick as well because she comes from your side of the sport, and she and she's could... a really strong bike rider. That's good to know. I didn't know. I didn't really know that. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Let's hope she. Let's hope she drops them on the swim and then goes solo and makes this something fun. And she already upset. Um, she upset Ash Gentle at the beginning of the year. So yeah, she was good there, but we'll see. The other races happening this weekend. You have 70.3 Kreitschgau. Uh, Lucy Charles was on this start list, but has now since announced that she will be sitting this one out. So you have Laura Phillip, Ellie Salthouse, Nikki Bartlett, Svenja Toes, um, to name a few on the women's side. On the men's side, you have Patrick Lang, Jan Stratman, Andreas Alsberg, Maurice Clavel, um, Henrik Goch, and a whole lot of other names. Lucas Wout will probably lead out of the water correct me if i'm wrong yeah you would think so yeah incredibly strong swimmer um and but that's jan stratman is a, i'm not sure if jan stratman's racing because he had a calf injury he dropped out of uh, the pto race and he dropped out of gran canera with the injury so i'm not sure if he's racing if he is racing he'd be my favorite for it because he's a very very well-rounded athlete um he probably outrides patrick langer to get rid of him but without him there, I'm going to take Patrick Langer for an unusual 70.3 win. Yeah, I think he's been posting all of his uh, his kit photos online. So I think he may be uh, starting the race, Jan Stratman. That's good to know. Um, they're actually coached by the same guy as well. Jan Stratman's with Bjorn Giesman too. So it's a battle of his two athletes there. The women's race, again, is more interesting, I would say. The, have you guys seen why Lucy Charles isn't racing? So Lucy Charles, there's a new since we left the EU, you can only do uh, 90 days in um, a rolling 180 day window in that region of Europe, and she's basically used up her days there. She's on 88 days. Um, it's interesting. It's it's unfortunate. It's bad planning in itself, clearly, but it's new rules for us and really, really easy to overlook we, we would then have done the maths afterwards if we'd been in Europe and been like, fuck, have we done that as well? I wonder, I'd have been super tempted by the way, just to get in the car, drive across the channel tunnel and not mention this problem to anyone. I don't think you would have an issue, but clearly someone of Lucy's profile, they've obviously gone the correct way and they're trying to sort a visa out for her and they basically failed to get one. 
Um, so yeah, I don't know how long this will roll. It does reset after 180 days, but the days, I think it's like a rolling window. I don't know if this affects wrath for her potentially is an interesting one. Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. No, it could do. It could very well do. I, I'm sure they'll work the days out. I'm obviously not going to go and stalk Lucy Strava or anything to do the day counting ourselves, but let's just hope it doesn't affect that. Wow. Super unfortunate. Um, so whenever you go to Lanzarote, you're technically in the EU, right? And then it's, so it's all the, the time you spent there? Shengau Arena. So it's a certain part of the i think so yeah shengau so. arena it's the shenan agreement shenan agreement sorry Sheng, what? what's the shengau arena where is that i don't know hey, it's carry on, something carry on. chinese it, yeah it is definitely thank you because i was just, I, I couldn't remember i was just picturing sch in my head yeah so anyway um yes it does affect it basically so let's let's hope no one's falling foul of it shengau arena the name of the podcast for this week no, the Shanghai Arena is also known as the Mercedes-Benz Arena, and it's in Shanghai, China. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I've been there plenty of times. So you're all full, you're all full of facts, Talbot. During the live stream, you were telling us about the uh, the boat in Yokohama Bay. Big marine guy. At least, at least no one got gas chambered this week. That's good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, let's let's go into the cha- uh, challenge championship. I, sh- I shot Paula over a text to see if she's going to go to Chattanooga or not. We'll wait and see if she replies. Challenge championship. I absolutely love this race, this venue. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, Hundred thousand dollar prize purse. You got Aaron Royal, Freddie Front, Clement Mignon, Matt Hanson, Peter Heimrich. I mean, pretty stacked field. Uh, looks. I mean, it go- it goes pretty deep. I- I'm. I'm going to go Freddie Funk for the win here just because I feel like that there's not a lot of fast slimmers that Royal's going to be able to ride with. But we've been at this race before, and we've seen if you get that front moto here and challenge Samarin, you get a big, big boost. So Royal could get – he could do good here. Well, I mean, not do good. He's going to get on the podium either way, but he could get that front moto and get a good pull away. Any thoughts on that, Mark? Yeah, they've they've shown it, but the challenge—they're they're trying to address this, like the moto thing. They're, they're the ones that put in place the policy and they're trying to address it. But you're right, like it's been rife for it there in the past. Um, it's not—it's it, stacked, but is it like it's not? There's not the very top tier stacked, is it? Like I think Freddie Funk rides through. Um, to that front if Tom Bishop's racing it don't count him out at all because he'll be out with Aaron Royal and he will uh, potentially drop him on the bike is what he would like to do and then he's, he's he can run well it'd be a nice see if Pablo Tapina Gonzalez is back racing because he's a super good 70.3 athlete and Yuri Kellen's there as well it's, yeah you're right and, and how well did David McNamee run in the PTO race like really well so weirdly David McNamee could feature in a 70.3 race and on the one side, we have Vanilla Language, Miyajal Lauren Pierre, Sarah Perez Sala, Indy Lee, Grace Tech. Yeah, I would, I will say uh, in that, um, the race that Kat dropped out of the uh, World Triathlon long distance race, Marjolaine Pierre was riding bloody well at the front of that race because obviously we had one lap's worth of power files and data off Kat. And they were solid. Like they weren't PBs, but they were, they were really good. And Marjolaine was you know riding time into her so marjolaine pierre is riding very well 
and she can run and she's particularly good at a 70.3 run. Uh, Indy Lee had a great race at the PTO race, like really good race there. And she's swimming well. She got out with Salah, so she'll hope to get out with that front pack. Um, she'll want to have put time into Marjolaine and make sure she doesn't come across the gap. And with Indy will be Fenella Langridge as well. A running race between Indy, Salah, Langridge, potentially some like the likes of Rebecca Clark as well. She'll make that front one. And uh, Lucy Byram um, will also be there. So out of that, I mean, Indy would fancy her chances. This could be a, a, a win for one of our good friends, let's hope. I couldn't agree more. Sweet. Wow. Seems like you're interested in that one, Kyle. Uh, we'll move on to Chattanooga now. Uh, this is the wait, wait, wait. Female. I want to make my picks. You guys all got to make your picks. I'm going to pick uh, the French couple that are defending world champions now, Marjolaine Pierre and Clement Mignon. Okay, now you can move on. Uh, you have Sky, Monch, Jackie, Danielle Lewis, your standard North American start list. We'll see if Sarah True does feature here. Uh, she didn't race in the last one, just wasn't quite ready yet. Um, but I think the biggest wild card will be uh, Paula Finley. An, an interesting thing about these races is... Is Jeannie Master racing? Sorry. Yes, she is racing. Oh, right, cool. Sorry. Um, I wonder if they count these prize purses as a $50,000 prize purse or a $25,000 prize purse in the point ranking systems. And we'll know that this weekend because you could say it's a $50,000 prize purse, not a $25,000 prize purse. And I believe that is a whole drop off tier, isn't it, Kyle? So why would you say it's a 50? Cause it's because a it's woman, because it's woman only. There, there, so there, it's, this is written out. This is written out in the rules. Oh, it is. Um, you, we just need to check the rules, and we'll, we'll add it to a footnote of the show. We'll, we'll be able to tell you either way. I'll, I'll work it out while we do it. And I'll do it. I'll, I'll tell you at the okay. end. Okay. So that will be a, a pretty interesting race. This is a downriver swim usually, uh, so the the weaker swimmers uh, can favor a lot more. Um, but other than that, another another stacked weekend of racing, and then that's about it. That's about all we have this weekend. I, you want to move on to hot takes, Kyle? Or do you have anything to say? Are you wanting to pick your picks for Chattanooga as well? No, I don't need to pick my picks. I just want everyone to make sure that you can watch these races, the Challenge Championship and 70.3 Chattanooga. So be sure to tune into those races coming up this weekend. I believe it's on uh, Sunday. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Outside watch uh, for that. And then I'm sure you can find, just you just get on the Challenge Championship Facebook page. You can find that one out. Hot takes. This is my biggest question I have. Why did Taylor have such a high big bib number in the WTCS race? So for anyone who didn't watch our live stream, this is a joke because Talbot asked me that question three times within about six minutes as we were commentating. And I don't usually think he listens to me, but now I know he doesn't listen to me when I talk. So to answer this for the fourth time, Talbot, she had a high bib number because she didn't race Abu Dhabi. So the way that World Triathlon gives athletes start numbers in these World Series races is based on their World Series ranking. Different than a World Cup where they're given bib numbers based on their World Triathlon ranking. I actually got an email from Kelly O'Mara this weekend asking me to explain the three different ranking systems in World Triathlon, there are World Triathlon rankings, World Triathlon Championship Series rankings, and Olympic rankings. 
So we have a full show. Send you the email if you're curious. You just send me a message. Anyways, Taylor Nib had zero points in World Triathlon Championship Series rankings system points entering Yokohama, and thus was the first athlete to get a bib after the final person with points from Abu Dhabi. Did you listen to that, Talbot? I did. I actually knew the answer to my question. Well, I'm trying to, like, on the commentary, ask questions that, like, to help people understand. But in my defense, I asked you the first time, and I knew she had a higher bib number. But then for some reason, I looked down, and I was reading some notes, and I looked back up, and I saw Taylor running out. And I was like, wow, she's even coming out. She's the last one to come out because I thought that she was the last one to come out. So I was like, even though she had a bib number, I was curious to see if she had possibly missed the pro race brief. So then they gave her the last to start penalty or the, or they penalize someone. So that's why I asked again, but yeah, whatever. No, I, I appreciate that. I think when we talked about the commentary earlier and how you guys kind of went in uneducated maybe i think it's important people know that we were also really excited for this opportunity because we know we primarily have long course listeners on this podcast so the chance of getting any of them to tune into this short course race that they may not otherwise have any idea is happening because we're talking about it i think that was a motivation for us too so talbot asking these seemingly dumb and repetitive questions is us trying to just let more people know what's going on. And it's a very complex world short course and all these points and rankings. So if we can give people a little bit of information, I think that's really what we're going for too. Um, And you would have to say that Talbot is almost unparalleled in his qualifications for taking on board that role. So we're very fortunate. Yeah, we are so lucky. I don't know if we could think of anyone better for the job. So thank you, Talbot, for being you. We love you. If it was European politics, clearly I'd now be on that job with the Shanghai Arena. So I can't mock you too much, mate. (laughs) But we we do have word of the street. Mark, I don't know if he's completely committed. Mark, are you going to do Cagliari the next race in Europe? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I guess Kyle, we chatted about earlier. I think Kyle is going to go ahead and just get you a first-class business flight over there, you and Kat, so you guys could be boots on the ground there, put you guys up in a Ritz-Carlton and pay you a day rate of like five grand a day. So you should be set on that one. I'll tell you what, that waterfall bank doesn't off sponsor well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's it. You know, I, I heard a loud beeping noise earlier in the show, and that was the uh, the money truck actually backing up to my garage, <laughs> dropping off some more cash. So, just um, to be just to be transparent, though, we haven't been invited back yet, so we have yet to have a yeah, debrief with World Triathlon and see if we were a massive failure. So we hope we get another opportunity. It was really fun, but <laughs> it might have been a one in ten. We'll see. All right, Mark Phillison, we know you got some information on the uh, ranking level. No, I've completely failed to find it quickly. Yeah, um, no worries. We'll, we will do an Instagram post. You know, Kyle makes about 700 graphics a week, so I'm sure he will put that it's a bronze level, silver, or whatever it is. I'm retiring from graphics, actually. Um, okay, next hot take. Uh, this isn't really a hot take. This is an information. Paula Finley is racing, so any female showing up to Chattanooga that thought they were just going to waltz away with an easy victory... Think again. Think again. Junior Metz is still favorite, I reckon. Really? Well, every time I say Paula won't win, Paula will win. So I've done her a favor, if anything. Um, But Junior Metz, she beat her at the 70.3 World Champs. She cruised to that victory in St. George. All right. I'm going to work that out for her. Um, 
next hot take is, and this is kind of more of a question than it is a hot take, because we've asked a couple listeners of the show, should we cover every single professional race on the show? And when I mean like every single, of course, you're going to have silver or bronze level races that are pretty stacked fields. You should definitely cover those. But are those just like, do you just skip through those? Like when, like when we cover a random race in South Carolina or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, do we need to hit every show or just notify this race went on, here's the winner and then move on. Like, do we, do we need to like, what are your thoughts on the show? We'll put up an Instagram post about this, see what people have to say, but I think it'd be interesting because I feel like the show needs to be filled with quality. I mean, I don't think anything we say is quality content, but like, where it's content that it's useful from front to end. Not saying that it's not athletes. They all race professionally. It all matters. But do we need to cover every single race? Every this time question. we don't, we get slapped. But then I, I know think we, we ta- do, I think but... we take the slap, the single person slap too personally. And what yeah. we don't appreciate is all the people that would be grateful if we just didn't bother. Agree. We didn't talk about the trade-in full triathlon this weekend, the bronze level race. So Kyle. we don't talk about every single race. All right. Um, I couldn't find anything in the PTO on their websites. Uh, uh, they've got, it's not a footnote. It doesn't mention if it's a split prize pot, whether it's male or female. I, I would assume, I think it should be, that it stays as a silver level race because it goes up to 50K. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll know we'll know on Wednesday when they release the um the points for Sam uh Sam Long in Panama City Beach. True. Other than that, we hope you enjoyed the show. The special thanks to all of our incredible sponsors that back up money trucks uh every week to our houses and unload tons of money uh hence mark renovating his entire house right now putting about two million dollars into it so special thanks to waterfall bank for funding that we will be back next week after another big recent away uh weekend of racing on the pta's website it says it's a t- it's a tier silver race yeah, it uh, said twenty five thousand dollars, and twenty five thousand dollars should be bronze. So, I've got that. I'm sorry. Bye. See you next week.